everyone. Welcome to the Saxa Podcast, the first five years. I'm your host, Agassiz, still coming live from my own apartment. And hey, y'all, this is Erica. I guess your other host, not co-host, but we'll talk about that later. I'm coming at you from my bedroom at the University of Florida. Sorry, I didn't mean to throw that shade, Agassiz, but here we are. It's okay. I think Eric is secretly getting me back from the conversation we're having just a second ago where I, I read her like a book from the public library. Um, so I think she's just taking it out on me in a public setting. So it's okay. It's okay. Um, and also your bedroom at the University of Florida. Should we talk about that <laughs> now or do you want to talk about that later? Okay. One, that was a very good piece of language. Read me like a book from the public library. Very proud. Good job. Two, coming at you from my bedroom in my home. And I also work at the University of Florida. Our listeners know this, but my bedroom just happens to be in Gainesville, Florida. Jeez. There you go. There you go. We just, we like specificity here. So welcome, folks. We know it's been a while. We're happy to be back and we're happy to be chatting with you. Uh, this week, uh, Erica's word of the week um, is diametrically, which I, I will absolutely credit 100% to Hamilton the Musical for teaching me the definition of that word was going to ask how, when, when did you last listen to Hamilton? Because that has got to be, that is the only time I've ever heard that word. So I am going to work. I did have to look up the definition opposite. There's more to it, but I'm just gonna simplify it. But I will try my very best to slip that in somewhere. Thanks for the, the challenge today. You know, I love you. Yeah, well, welcome, too. folks. <laughs> well, welcome, folks. Welcome back to our pod. We're so excited once again to be chatting with you, and we have a very special guest that we'll be talking to in just a second. So as a reminder, if you're just tuning in now, we are a podcast about the first five years of higher education. So this is for you undergrads who are thinking about going into student affairs, for our new professionals, for our people kind of navigating into, you know, mid-level positions. We're going to cover all the things, whether it be job searching or interviews or heck, maybe we'll talk about finding your fit in professional organizations. Epa. Again, once again, folks, with our goals, we just hope to bring you some timely information based off of the calendar and time of the year and to connect you with some wonderful professionals in the Saxa region and across the other regions um, to be able to bring their wisdom into the conversation. And on that note, we have a very special guest with us today. Our guest today is Dr. Matt Clifford, Matt is the Assistant Vice President of Campus Life and Dean of Residence Life and Housing at Wake Forest University. Previously, Matt served as Director of Residence Life at Wake Forest and Director of Residence Life at Jacksonville University in Florida. He has also worked in Residence Life at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. He earned his Bachelor's, bachelor's of Arts in English from Davidson College, a Master of Education in Higher Education and Student Affairs from the University of South Carolina, and his Doctor of Education in Higher Education from the University of North Florida. Please welcome Dr. Matt Clifford. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Woo, 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 woo. I should have counted in this introduction how many times the word education was used. Wow. It's quite a <laughs> number <resident>. of times. <laughs> we love education, y'all. That's, that's what we're here for. But wow, wow, wow. Um, but welcome, Matt. We're so excited to have you. We're so excited to chat, as always. Uh, learn from you and your wisdom and to, you know, some banter here and there and play some games. Um, and away we go, Erica. So we're excited today. Our topic, as I kind of alluded to, is really, we want to talk about building genuine networks. And this is going to kind of be an arc that you'll hear in our next few episodes. But today we're talking about in professional associations. And we know that that is such a big topic. We know that 
people find their fit in a variety of professional organizations. I could not list all of them, but Matt was brought to us because he is kind of the expert in some of this and has done a really good job of finding a genuine network. We want to hit on that word that it's not just, okay, I know people, but that it's a, a connection that is valuable and natural and authentic. So we're really excited to hear some more from you. Yeah, I, I think it's, um, I'm excited to talk about this one, especially the genuine part. Um, I think there's a lot of different ways that people can, you know, create and um, inform professional networks. I think if you don't have that, um, that genuine sense of self and what you're exploring, um, that they are, well, they, they may not have that longevity and value to you in your personal and professional world. So I'm really excited about it. Well, before we do that, I always do this every time. My favorite question, Matt, what is the best thing you ate this week? Y'all are just based on the, uh, uh, some of the discussion before we turn there, and you're not gonna, you're gonna love this, but chicken salad. Oh, yes! yes. I, I made chicken salad this weekend, um, a tarragon chicken salad and, um, very, very good. Um, and I've been just snacking on it um, all week, never, you know, just here and there and here and there. So I actually made, I was like, I'm going to just make a sandwich out of this thing uh, today. So it was quite tasty. So good. I think chicken salad, which I call chicky chicky sal sal, is my favorite food. I really do call it that. You can ask anyone. Agassi is laughing really hard, but it is one of my favorite foods because it's so customizable and it's just, it's the Oh gosh. Chicky Chicky Sal Sal is, is really, um, it's my go-to, um, I might say, so. I'm gonna give Agassi a second to maybe just pull together. Um, my, the thing, best thing I ate this week was also chicken salad or Chicky Chicky Sal Sal. Um, there is this place, everyone is laughing on this call, makes me so happy. There's this place in Gainesville called Sweetberries. I don't know if it's a chain, um, but I, Sunday is normally my productive day. I ended up going to the pool with some friends and was like, I don't have time to go grocery shopping. Let me go to Sweetberries. And I got this chicken salad on a croissant and it was so good. And I'm still thinking about it. I want to go back and get it. So I'm right there with you. Sometimes it's just exactly what you need, but I haven't perfected making it at home. So I might need to ask you for that recipe because tarragon is Anytime. <laughs> All right, Agassi, what about you? Now that I've adequately recovered from Chicky Chicky Sal Sal, which almost sounds like a spell. <laughs> That's, that would be in the Harry Potter universe of some kind. Um, just to join in, in the resounding appreciation of chicken salad, the best thing I ate this week was also chicken salad from Chicken Salad Chick. So once again, uh, Chicken Salad Chick, if you are out there listening and you are interested in sponsoring our, our, our little old podcast, please hit us up. We're down for samples, uh, but I am a particular fan. Uh, don't remember the exact name, uh, but the lemon one, it's like lemon and basil. It's very bright. Uh, it's one of my faves. Erica's making faces. I don't think she agrees. I just think if you're going to go, you're going to get fruity Fran. I'm not a fruit in my chicken salad kind of chick, you know? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> See, they're, I'm also they're, on the, I'm on the non-fruit kick. But, you know, to each the, the good thing about the, uh, this is going to be a 40 minute podcast about chicken salad, um, is that again, adaptability, you can do what you need to do and, and it's, it's there. So to each their own. That's a great, listen, if someone asks you one of those really off the wall leadership questions in, a, in an interview and they say, if you could, if you could call yourself a chicken salad, which would you be to describe your leadership style? 
Look at that. Look how adaptable that is. You know, we have on other episodes said we want to be sponsored by Bon Appetit. So they do have some chicken salad recipes. I'm, this is such an arc that I don't think any of us anticipated, <laughs> but I really am happy for it. And now you all know that I call Chippy Chippy Salsa. <laughs> <laughs> well, y'all, <laughs> transitioning in to our next part of the pod, we're going to transition into our rapid fire section. And first to go is Erica. So Erica, yes. what's your question? So Agassiz, I think I might have asked you this in our friendship, but now I want everyone to know. Um, what is your TV or movie guilty pleasure? Oh. I really love The Wedding Planner. Uh, I, that is definitely a guilty pleasure of mine. Um, we heart J-Lo. We don't heart her, her acting at all times, but I do love that movie. And when I'm kind of feeling really down, that's what I turn to. It's typically The Wedding Planner. Um, and or Breakfast at Tiffany's. We love some Audrey Hepburn. Um, those two are probably my like, I'm really low. I just want to watch something and, and cry about uh, love that folks in their movies just don't want to give themselves. Um, but yes, those are definitely two of my guilty pleasures. I've never asked you that because I did not know those answers. So glad I know now. And Agassi, I think it's, oh, you're going to Matt next. Might be, might be. So Matt... Fun fact about Matt is that Matt has triplets um, and he also has a, a fourth child, which in conversations we're just uh, talking about what they typically will call the fourth child. Um, so my question to you is knowing you have triplets and, a, uh, and four children all together, what are you thinking about as a theme for Halloween this year? Oh, that's a good one. For the record, we don't call our fourth child anything um anything negative these sometimes is just the fourth triplet uh <laughs> and and our kids are all um pretty much the same height so it's really hard to tell at times like who's a triplet and who's not um you know uh i've always wanted i um as you mentioned the in the intro um spent a little bit of time in boston and i've really always wanted um the halloween theme to be like public transportation and have my kids be the tea they know some green line, the red line out there. I love this. I it's, love gotta, this it's never happened, but I think this is maybe the year. Isn't the green line the like, I'm not calling you out, Boston. My best friend lives there, but isn't that the one that is kind of not the greatest? Like, like the, green line, uh, the green line's a little bit more above ground. Um, yes. Probably the, the oldest line, and it kind of splits off into different neighborhoods and such. So, um, you're, yeah, again, all sorts of character with the public transportation system in, uh, in Boston. So I'm, I've been pulling for the T uh, for several years and maybe this year. I hope it is because I would love to see those photos. I would also very much love to see those photos come to life, actually. Uh, okay, this is mine. Um, we're we're gonna veer away from uh, from chicken salad a little bit, but still in the, maybe the same uh, the same food and beverage line. What's your Erica? What's your like go to uh, cook freestyle combination? Cook freestyle machine, like the thing where you get to pick your different flavor yeah. add-ins that you got. You know, this is such an interesting question because I like I don't drink a ton of soda anymore. I've like really cut it out. Um, but I, this is so lame. I love to do some unsweet tea and some lemonade and make an Arnold Palmer. Yes. 
they they have those on there. Um, I love Coke. Let me tell you, like once a month, if I'm having a really stressful day, I'll go get a Coke only from McDonald's, very specific. Um, but I don't like sweet tea. It's the one really unsouthern thing about me. And a little bit of lemonade, homemade Arnold, Arnold Palmer. That is my jam. But you got to get the, the ratios right. I need a little more of the tea and a little less of the lemonade because I don't want it too sweet. Cool. Good question. Um, Agassiz, I feel like you have commentary on that, but you might keep it to yourself. <laughs> okay, he's nodding. So now back to you, Matt. So thinking about your childhood, what is something, this could be TV, a movie, a toy, a, a food that you would bring back from your childhood? Oh, gosh. Um, <clears throat> actually, this was recently brought back from my childhood, um, which is some kind of one of the fun things about, um, you know, about being a being a dad and being a parent is, um, is seeing some of these things sort of come back. Um, and, and usually they're, um, they come back and I say, well, kids, look at this. And they're like, oh my gosh, the graphics are horrible <laughs> or something like that, which is true. Um, and actually, when I look at it, I'm like, oh my, I can't see anything here. What's happening? Where's my HD? Um, so, but we, um, my, my son was recently doing, the fourth triplet actually, flew, um, was recently doing a, um, a, a project in class, um, virtually, of course, uh, in the in the last part of the days of, of fifth grade for him on um, the phantom toll booth which was um that was the book they were reading um and i was like oh my gosh i totally remember reading this book and a lot of the just ins and outs of it and i was trying to help him understand that and also sort of thinking wow that's that's my pull, pulling back that one not at all what I would have anticipated as an answer, but I loved it. I, I would have said Dunkaroos just to share my opinion, but I love that. And then you can like still relate and then also have that like kind of shared experience. It's really cool. I love that. I think Matt, it's back to you now. We might be having some technical difficulties, y'all. Please pause. Um, Agassiz, oh, there we go, Matt. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, yep. It looks like um, it, when, also another thing about having six kids in the house is sometimes the internet might get a little laggy with, uh, with all, the, all the devices on there. Um, Agassiz, I'll throw it to you. Um, no, I mean, I know this pod is probably the most regularly on your playlist, but what's, um, what was a, what's another podcast episode that you listened to recently and, um, and tell us a little bit about it. That is a good one. <clears throat> Something what I've listened to recently. Um, so I recently started listening to the read. Um, thanks to one Erica Aguiar for the recommendation. Um, and the latest podcast, the latest episode was link, uh, Ringardium Levinosa. Um, and they spoke about a couple of things regarding, you know, the issues around uh, JK Rowling's transphobia. Uh, they spoke about just general responses to folks with protesting outside, um, general support and challenges within and outside of the black community at the moment. Uh, but I thoroughly enjoyed all two hours of that episode. Um, it is, uh, I, I will admit that I've been listening to less podcasts over the course of the last few months, just because the majority of the podcasts I've listened to would be on the road. Um, but that is definitely what I've listened to the most recently. And 
one of the things I've enjoyed the most. Good job, good choice. All right, Agassi, your last question for me, time to roast me. Time to roast you. Well, actually, you know, this might not roast you. Uh, and what's funny is that I actually uh, selected this question way before we began an entire tangent related to chicken salad. Um, but to kind of bring it home one more time, Erica, <laughs> if you were on Chicken Salad Chick's marketing team and you were going to release a new flavor, what would the flavor of the new chicken salad be and what would you call it? Okay. All right. So I like fruit, but I think I'll go maybe a little differently. Um, I can't remember. There is a chicken salad. It's not super chicken salad, but it's from um, England. I had it a lot when I studied abroad and it's like kind of curry based. It's got a really specific name. I think it's coronation chicken. It's delightful. So I think I'd release kind of a version of that. Um, ooh, but what would I call it? Cause like the names, if you're not familiar, like fruity Fran or like, I almost said Peppa Pig, but I meant like, you know, <laughs> bird Polly, like they, they kind of play along with that. So I might, maybe we play, what is the current queen's name? Is it Elizabeth? I don't know. Maybe it's like elated Elizabeth. I'm not good at naming things. Elated would, Elizabeth? That was bad, but it'll be some sort of coronation chicken S. So like lots of warm spices. So uh, lots of cumin, lots of, um, you know, curry flavors, uh, maybe some like yellow raisins in there. I'm, I'm starting to taste it, but the naming I will leave to you because you are much better at those things. Obviously I would bring you into this business model because that's what friends do. So. That was ultimately going to be the right answer. Thank you for bringing me into this. <laughs> you are so welcome. <laughs> Well, y'all, thanks so much for participating in Rapid Fire. We're going to go ahead and transition to our favorite little game called Name, Name that Scott. Scott. That's never going to work. That's never going to work. We're, eight we're going to try it every time. We're going to try a few more times, and then I think we're just going to have to abandon the effort. But, you know, we're going to give it the good old college try. So once again, folks, for the folks in the audience who are not familiar with our game, uh, we, I, will be asking Erica and our guests to name mascots based off of their institutions or vice versa. So all these institutions are within the Saxa region. Um, and once again, I could ask them an institution, they give me the mascot or ask them about the mascot and they name the institution. Uh, our track record shows that this game can be quite a bit difficult um, as, as we have ascertained in the past. Uh, as someone who's also played it, it can be quite difficult, but we really wanna bring some light into the Saxa universe and Tell folks out there, you know, who's in our region. And away we go. So the first one is going to be, and I know Erica is going to get this right away, but I'm actually going to go with the mascot, who is a bull. I want Matt to try since I know the do I just Do I just beep in? How does this work? Go. You got it. <laughs> oh, uh, a bull, mascot, the University of South Florida. Boom, 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 boom. Go Bulls. Anybody My know what? My sister went there, so. There you go. Go Bulls. Shout out. The University of South Florida, which is located in Tampa, Florida. Good old Tampa, Florida. Okay, y'all. Yeah. Second one is the Hokie Bird. That, is that Ooh, Virginia Tech. The Hokie? Oh. Boom, boom, boom. I've never heard it called a Hokie Bird. I've just called it, I've just heard it called Hokie. That is the mascot, and they call themselves Hokies. Okay. 
And there's a, it's a beautiful campus in Blacksburg, Virginia. The, the stone that it's made, the, the buildings all have this um, beautiful stone and, it, and they call it hokey stone. I don't, I don't know what it is, what's going on there, but it's all into the yeah. Hokies. Well, I have a very close friend who was on this podcast, Jonathan Tunwar, who is now working at Virginia Tech, well, remotely. So I hope he does not listen to this because I should have gotten that quicker. But go Hokies, love that. Um, okay, so Matt's two for two and I am over oh two. Well, y'all, I think we're gonna have to call, did you say oh for two? Yeah, right, like. Okay, well, Matt won then. Congrats, Matt. Oh, we're not going to do like another one. <laughs> I wouldn't have won anyway. Exactly. Majority wins. Well, thank you all for playing. Um, congrats. Congrats for getting both of those. Good job, Matt. Got to do a little hard. That was the part I was the most nervous about. Oh, you knocked it out of the park. There you go. Look at that. Congrats. Okay, y'all, well, we're going to go ahead and transition into our questions section where we're going to ask our guests to participate in a conversation with us around the topic. So Matt, professional organizations. I think before we can even ask you any questions, can you just tell us a little more about the professional organizations that you kind of call home and how you really got started? What was that journey like for you? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I think, um, you know, my, my home professional organizations are certainly SACSA. Um, I'd say SACSA was probably the first organization that I really gravitated to and found a home and found a quick one. Um, and uh, additionally, professionally, um, also have, have been able to find a home in, in NASPA as well, uh, although certainly it, it, it's different, it feels different. Um, in terms of like getting started and how that really transitioned, um, you know, I think I, I clearly remember some class um, at the University of South Carolina where we talked about professional involvement and talked about exploring um, the different kinds of associations and, um, and it, in a classroom discussion, I was like, okay, yeah, I get this. Um, but it's so much different when you are in the, in the space with these professional organizations, when you are um, interacting with other members, when you're actually interacting with other people who are, you know, quite honestly, probably exploring as well. Um, it was, um, it, I just learned a lot more um, by, by putting my feet in the water um, and with these professional associations and trying to get an understanding of, of that. So um, over time, I've certainly um, taken the opportunity not to just find a place and call it home, um, but to, um, you know, start to contribute back to the organization and figure out ways to um, uh, open the doors of the organization to others and, and allow others to, you know, navigate to that space and call it home. So, um, but that's, uh, in terms of the associations that I that I call home, I would say certainly um, SACSA um, and and to a to a certain degree as well, or differently, I would say NASPA as well. Those are so good. Those are I, I think it's such a, a good spread too um, that I, I don't I will be honest like this is a not a hard episode for me, but I haven't found my one hundred percent home, um, so I'm. I, I might kind of sit in the background on some of these and just like absorb the information that y'all share because um, selfishly, I'm really excited about this episode because I'm going to gain a lot too, um, even though, you know, we're kind of the co-host of this. Yeah, and I think it's, I mean, I think it's fine to sort of sit back in the balconies and, uh, and learn um, and watch and observe. Um, I think I spent 
a, a lot of time doing that in Saxa before uh, before deciding. Okay, I've, again, I've 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 been in the in the shallow end of the pool here. Just you know, occasionally I would um, you know make sure I'm obviously staying connected um, to uh, to whether it's through the conference or things like that. Um, but gradually I, I felt more comfortable getting a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper and, um, figuring out ways to look back when I was at the deep end of the pool, um, looking back and saying, Oh my gosh, there's other people in the shallow end. Let's, let's figure out a way to bring them in, uh, as well. So I think it's fine to, again, just observe, just watch as you're sort of navigating and figuring out, um, again, back to the being genuine piece which is um, kind of what we tried to lead into. Um, if you just jump into the deep end um, without knowing, you know, how well you can swim or, or what have you, I think that maybe um, that might, you might do yourself a disservice. Um, but if you're really genuine to yourself and to what you're looking for, uh, then I think you'll probably find that walking in easily is a, is a good way to approach it. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like, <clears throat> I, I think I will echo um, the sentiment shared by Erica, where I feel like I'm still looking for that quote unquote home. Um, I think you, I realized that over the course of uh, my few years here in the field is that some of my um, interests have changed. Some of my needs have changed as I've kind of grown into the field and I realized, okay, I want more of this. I want less of that. And um, thankfully I have found Saxa and I've really enjoyed being involved with Saxa um, right now. Um, and part of that, you know, Matt, to what you're speaking about these genuine and what we're kind of speaking at broadly about these genuine connections is that I think there's a lot of pressure to need to walk away from these professional conferences with 40 contacts of people you can feel like you can call. And I think that that when you set that precedent, I've heard grad students share that. I know I've heard new professionals share that. I think when you set that as the bar, there's so much anxiety over that. Like even me, who's a capital E extrovert, and I love speaking with people. I love being in a room full of people I don't. No, because it's like, oh, I get to meet new people. That's still such a high bar to set for folks because it's like you have to walk out of there with 40 new friends. Um, and now you're trying to focus on a numerical, like a numerical amount instead of like, I just want to go and connect with people and get to meet people who have similar interests as me. Yeah, I, I think that's, um, I, I probably remember having that same tension um, and just navigating that. And, and, as, and some of it is just like total comparison. You know, if you see, you know, just again, we, we're human beings. We notice these things and we notice, gosh, that person is, um, they're a grad student too, or they're a new professional and they seem to be connecting so well or so easily with, uh, with you know, and so many other people. Um, and at a place like, uh, at a place like Saxa, where um, it's an intimate environment and it's, it's smaller, it's easier to notice those things. Um, it's, and it's hard to, uh, to, to, it's easy to make those comparisons, hard to understand those and really grapple with those. You know, I would, I, I would, I would say um, rather than trying to pin a number on it, really try to come away with, um, with, you know, maybe just one. Um, of course I just said, don't pin a number on it. And I pinned a number on it, but um, you know, come away with just one, uh, something that's really a, a connection that's really genuine um, and, and meaningful rather than just a, um, just a business card. Um, and maybe that's a conversation that happens after a presentation, um, just to 
to offer true and genuine gratitude to somebody for bringing uh, for bringing their perspective, or uh, or maybe it's a, a connection with a, a, a colleague at a, at another institution or or something like that. I think that's um, really trying to to make those meaningful and and worthwhile rather than uh, surface level is is critical. I, I absolutely. I think you you really just mentioned something that I think is absolutely very powerful. I think a lot of times folks also view networking as this very shallow transactional relationship where you're just like you're going in to get something like you're getting contacts. Um, but I think to what you're speaking about, like building just a genuine connection with folks, um, which is, uh, again, what we're talking about here broadly, it's, it's more about how do you feel like the people that are around you are people that you can continue to grow with, which I think for me is kind of a marker when I am exploring these professional organizations, as I explore committees, as I interact with people, it's how do these people help bring in others? Because I think there's also a sensation sometimes when you enter into these organizations, there are these, you know, like take NASPA, for example, NASPA is a huge organization. How do you even begin to get your foot in? How do you, like, do you start at the regional level and grow up? Do you, you, you start at a committee and go from there? And it's just overwhelming because there's so many paths to take. Um, but, often, but I really mark a lot of it by how are the people who are connected bringing those others? So like what you were talking about, Matt, about being at the deep end of the pool and saying like, oh, there's a bunch of people in the shallow end. Let me come get them to where the party's at. You know, how does that look like? Um, and I know we're kind of transitioning to this, you know, the next question about advice um, specifically, but, you know, I think of a genuine piece of advice is use the folks around you who, all, who do know other people around you. I mean, I went to my first SACSA, National, uh, first, uh, SACSA conference last year um, and a good friend and colleague, Erica Lee, who was the producer, shout out Erica Lee, um, you know, who I lovingly call the mayor of SACSA because she's been involved with the, the, the organization for a few years now. Every time she would say hi to someone, I'd be like, hey, I don't know them, can you introduce me? And like using that because, again, I'm a capital E extrovert and I love meeting people, but I get, I get really nervous sometimes and I just need a friend to be like, oh, this is Agassi, this is what he does. And I think offer that kind of sponsorship at times. I think it's yeah. a good transition, Agassi. Yeah, Go ahead, Matt. No, no, I think that sponsorship piece is really, really critical. And that's a responsibility, I think, of all of us, even if you don't think you have connections with, um, you know, just making an introduction, bringing somebody along, taking somebody, let's go to lunch, uh, let's go to this next, next session, things like that. So I completely agree. What is that advice? You both kind of provided some, but for grad students and new professionals just trying to figure it out, whether that is SACSA, NASPA, NODA, um, you know, I'm blanking on some of the housing ones, but there's so many you know, what, what is that, that piece of advice or a few pieces of advice that are a good way to start some of it? Yeah, I mean, I think in some ways we've touched on it already, and I think you have to do the work to learn. Um, and again, maybe it's a state level association, maybe it's an association that's connected more from a content perspective, you know, again, if it's student conduct work or, um, or unions or residence life and housing and things like that. So perhaps it's that. Um, and uh, again, maybe it's a, a regional approach or, uh, or at the national level. Um, I would say that you've got to learn, you have to be willing to, to enter that space and try and, and figure out if that's, uh, you know, just by trying to figure out more about um, the organization. I think probably one of the most important ways to, uh, to learn is to help and to volunteer. Um, you know, I, I'd say the most critical advice that I usually give to grad students or new professionals when thinking about um, 
professional associations is, um, is again, certainly observe and learn, but also raise your hand. Um, if you think you have something to contribute, um, you do. And, um, and I guarantee you that, um, that whatever association that is, again, relies heavily on volunteers. And they're going to find, if you raise your hand, um, that organization is going to find out the best way to match your talents with their, the organization's needs. Um, even if that match isn't perfect um, at the time, um, there, there's always, I think, the, the, um, the way that that works is, it, again, the organization will find out this person is really willing to give of their time um, and their talents, and we're going to find a way to, to maximize that uh, because it helps our organization grow and it deepens the connection for, uh, for that individual. So sometimes it's really just raising your hand. I mean, I remember clearly, um, you know, there was a, a need for, um, for a SACSA conference, um, and, and I said, I'll help out. I don't know what you need. Um, and I don't know what if I if what you need is what I'll be able to offer, but I'm glad to help. Um, and so and that was really just an act of raising my hand and saying, you know, I've learned about this organization. It seems like an organization I want to learn more about by helping. Um, and and I raised my hand and um, and things just sort of started from there. Um, and then when other people raise their hands, um, then again, that's sort of more of I'm trying to be as a as a leader in an organization, trying to be cognizant of like, Hey, there's someone in the back. They're raising their hand. I need to. I need to go out and reach out to them and bring bring them forward to see what they have to offer, um, even if it's just a question or um, gratitude for their involvement. So that's the piece that I would offer. Um, two part again, learn and observe. And when you are ready to raise your hand, go for it. I think something that you hit on that I think is so crucial and something that I've kind of learned. And I'll apologize if you hear the person mowing. They always mow when we're recording. This is kind of a theme is I think you got to find your strengths in some of this. And so Agassi, great comment on, you know, extroverted with a capital E. I am extroverted and Erica with a capital E. And I think I am a high extrovert. I'm a high woo. So woo, if you've not taken strength classes, winning others over. And so people typically are like, you must be so good at networking. I have to find genuine connections with people. So I have always framed conferences as meeting new best friends so i'm like i don't need anything from you i just want to like make a friend and like let's grab coffee and that's really worked for me but something that i found recently and i'll give a lot of kudos to miles um, for this one is that i form connections through other connections and now i'm hooked into saxa because of that because agassi is my best friend from undergrad his supervisor is miles miles and i met at naspa la miles then had this connection with me and now we're hosting a podcast for saxa an organization that I didn't think that I would have a lot of involvement with. And now I'm so excited to be able to do more things because of those connections. So for me, it's, it's really the human aspect. And I make connections with people that are random or, you know, just kind of form those connections. And those have driven me. And I've had that experience happen in NASPA. I've had it happen in NOTA. So you got to find what, what those strengths are for you. So if you are not a capital E extrovert, if you are a little baby, I introvert, there are ways for you. That might be the volunteering where you get to just do the check-in table and you're having a sustained conversation with one person that's going to then broaden your, your scope and broaden who you know. But I think it would be so hard to say that all of us have number one woo and want to go and just talk to people and be okay with that because, right, that's kind of a misnomer of higher education that you have to be an extrovert. And you 
figure out what you do in a typical setting and translate that because conferences are just like a, a birthday party or like any social gathering, right? You just get to know people. Okay, Agassiz making me laugh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna mute myself now. But I think find what works for you. I really love the ideas conferences as birthday parties. I'm absolutely gonna take uh, that comparison back. Um, keep that in my back pocket. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> conferences as a birthday party, um, which I think you know, and I'm part of that advice. And I think this is a good transition to our next question uh, about like what are cost cost conscious ways professionals can connect with professional organizations. So I know a bit of the advice we're talking about right now is, is very centered on like the conference experience and what happens when you go to the conference. So I think broadening that conversation um, just a, a bit more of like what these organizations or these, what these groups do over the course of the year, um, because those things matter too. I think in terms of advice for that, one thing that I would say is follow these organizations on social media. Like see what they say. Like when things happen in the country, do they speak out? What do they say when they do? Do they say anything at all? Especially with the things that are happening right now in our world related to uh, police brutality and violence in our country. Um, what are these professional associations saying? Like how are they advocating for the professionals who are members or paying members of this organization? Because at the end of the day, something to keep in mind is that to be members of these organizations is that you pay. But with that cost, comes some kind of understanding that you will provide something of value. And that does not just happen in the context of the conference, that happens in the context of an entire year. Do they plan online webinars? What are those topics on? What do they focus on? And I think that's really where you start to see a lot of folks saying, well, this, con this organization is really geared towards these kind of people. This organization is really kind of more for these kind of people. And that's where you get people saying like, if you wanna be a this, you go to that. If you are a this, then you go to that. And like these, this division, of people across organizations, whether it be by your functional area, like what you do, or the kind of person that you are. Like you'll hear a lot of folks, you know, I mean, a, a really big one is always the NASPA versus ACPA, which are definitely not the only organizations out there, but you hear a lot of folks talking about, well, ACPA is this, NASPA is this. And you I know, would say they're diametrically opposed. You get out, you stop that. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? I need it in the end. We're almost out of time. Uh, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Um, but again, like, you know, listen to the communications that these, these organizations are putting out because it says what they care about. Not, you know, not what every single member cares about because that's impossible to say in the span of a tweet, but it does tell you what direction the organization is trying to go and wants to go. So pay attention to those communications and pay attention when they don't communicate. What does that say? Yeah, I, I, you hit on the advice um, or the uh, a way, a conscious way that I was going to mention too. So I think the social media stuff, uh, looking and paying attention to social media is a great way to just understand what the current is in that organization, how things are flowing. I'm the, um, the uh, national director for the knowledge communities for the NASPA board. Um, and then there are 37 different knowledge communities for uh, in NASPA. Some of them are identity-based, some of them are more content-based um, for a particular functional area. Um, so it kind of cuts across uh, you know, a wide spectrum, but um, they all, well not all, but many of them have various social media accounts and you can learn about those KCs and connect to, um, to those easily. Um, and then if you, are, if you choose to be a member of NASPA and pay that membership fee, well, certainly the conference is a way to be involved 
But knowledge communities is, are, are a great way to, to be involved. You, there's 37 of them. Again, you can really navigate towards, uh, you can do the learning, you can pay attention, look at social and see what's being said and not said. Make a decision about, okay, I wanna affiliate with this particular KC or these set of KCs um, to learn more, to dig deeper. And that's a great way to connect um, even again, across the country with colleagues, um, even if you can't go to a conference, so. Yeah. Or, you know, think about drive-ins. I know NASPA Florida always does like a yearly drive-in, right? Those are much more cost conscious. They're, they're normally one day or two days that you can probably drive to them and they're really easy to get involved with. You know, you email, hey, I wanna volunteer and you have so much more capability to do those things. And I just wanna echo the knowledge community piece so i work in first gen success and there's not a ton you know out there at this point but nasa has a great center for first gen student success and actually agassi and i did a webinar for them yesterday with some other colleagues um, about being a first gen right. professional check it out it's free if you want to watch it but it but those are things that i love to log on to live briefings or webinars of organizations that i'm interested in that i don't have to pay for most times or if i do you know a small fee that i'm willing to invest because that's developing my skills and I'm, I try to be pretty good about, oh, I liked what the presenter said, let me still email them. It might not be in person, but that's an easier way, especially if you get anxious about um, kind of engaging with folks, which I know is very common. You can start building that. And then, you know, again, I, I talk about using your connections. My boss was connected for this webinar and then brought Agassi and I in. And, you know, that was such a cool way for us to be able to do something with NASPA that we didn't have a necessarily previous relationship with. I think all of that is really good advice. Um, and I think we might be kind of at our time. I don't know if there's any last minute questions that you've got, Agassi. I feel like I took some really good notes that I'm going to use for the future. All right, we're good. So, I think, oh, oh, I'm, so I'm so sorry. Right. I couldn't, I was on the wrong, I was on the wrong window and I was trying to unmute myself. The, the, <laughs> the follies of the Zoom call. Um, that could know, be a musical, anyway. Sorry. We'll write it later. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Uh, I think five That'd be notes, fabulous. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now I'm really imagining what all that's going to look like. I really hate that you said about the musical because now I'm totally going sideways. I think just final piece of advice for the folks out there who are still trying to find their fit, just know, and I know Eric already said that, I know I shared it, like, we're also still figuring it out. Like, folks out there, like, I think sometimes, once again, there's this image that people who are involved with these... Uh, organizations and have positions like they got it like they know it like they know everything that they got and I think it, once again it, it sets off a lot of anxiety because you're trying to be like this person who seems to have it all together and like everybody's human you know idolization is another form of dehumanization when you aren't allowing people to be human and make mistakes and understand that you know maybe they have doubts too in some cases and I just really want to say that that statement out because it's going to take time to find your home uh, you know, Eric and I are in a few years into our career at this point, and we're still trying to find it. And I felt like there was a lot of pressure in grad school to almost like pick a side, pick a side in a lot of these cases related to professional organizations. And you don't have to pick a side. You can explore, you can look around. And if you encounter something, you're like, this is not my jam. I do not vibe with this. You don't have to vibe with it. You can look at something else. Again, there are options out there. There are a lot of channels you can reach out to. There's a lot of information you can find yourself. So once again, it is okay if you don't have it. We don't have it. You will find your place. Beautifully said, Agatha. Here, here. Here, here. 
So thanks everyone again. It's just, woo, words. Thanks for joining us for the first five years presented by SACSA and thanks to Matt for joining us with all of your NASPA and other knowledge. So, so, so crucial. Yeah, and thanks to Miles Surratt. Yeah, thanks for having me. Oop. Oop. Yes, uh, and thanks to Miles Surratt and Erica Lee for producing this episode. Uh, you can find us on social media, uh, or sorry, you can find SACSA on social media, that is the Southern Association for College Student Affairs, on the various social media outlets, including Facebook at facebook.com slash fanpage, on Twitter at SACSATweets, and Instagram at SACSAgrants. Erica, you want to throw out some social? Yes, y'all, please continue to follow me. Only one person has, but I'll take it. At Erica M underscore Aguiar, that's A-G-U-I-A-R. Agassi, what about you? You can follow me on Twitter uh, and also continue to follow me on Twitter. Um, I don't think I've gotten any followers, but you know, maybe this is the episode. Um, you can follow <laughs> me on Twitter at Agassi, that is A-G-A-S-S-Y underscore R. Matt, you, you got any social? Oh gosh, I'm horrible. But I do, um, you can follow me on Twitter at MW Clifford. Oh, easy. Like I the love big red it. dog. Oh, like the big red dog. Well, thanks so much again, everyone, for listening. We're so excited to continue to send you and give you all the great tidbits of knowledge and information. And now you have a new word, chicky chicky salad. So. <laughs> yeah, go get some chicken salad, y'all. <laughs> Go get some chicken chicky salsa, y'all. Have a great one. We'll chat soon. Thanks Bye -bye. for having me.